Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. If I've got a friend or you've got a friend that say that they're in a relationship that's not easy and they're talking about getting married, that's always like a red flag. It's not easy before marriage. It's certainly not going to be easy after, (laughs) and it's certainly not going to be any easier with kids or anything like that. So yeah. I think that's not marriage advice, but just general relational advice. Yeah, and just encouragement that it can be easy. So this is less advice for people who are married, because if you already are married and it's hard, then that's, you know, it's hard to come back from that, and you obviously can work through it. If you are dating someone, I definitely would encourage you to seek someone that it feels so easy. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast. Today I am so excited because today is our 10 year anniversary. It's so crazy. June 16th, 2012, we got married. And so today I brought Chaz, my husband, back on the show. We actually recorded episode seven together and I titled it 10 Years of Marriage with Chaz Fossil because I honestly thought that was going to be my one shot. (laughs) I thought that was going to be the only time in the history of the podcast that I could convince Chaz to come on, but he has agreed to come back on and chat all about marriage advice, tips, how did we get here. So it's going to be a really great conversation. Are you ready? Welcome to the podcast again, Chaz. Hi. Oh, man. Chaz, we have been married 10 years today. And I should say, we recorded this podcast a little over a week before our 10-year anniversary. So it's actually really fun because now we're sitting here. We just put our kids to bed. Kind of typical summer day. But when you're listening to this, we'll be in San Diego, California. So I'm really excited about that. 10 years of marriage, whatever your first thoughts (laughs) it's flown by it's hard to believe it's been 10 years i think of things that happening 10 years ago and think it feels like it could have just been yesterday or just been a week ago yeah i totally agree it's funny we got married and for those of you who don't know we pretty immediately got pregnant with ella and so we were just telling the kids at dinner we've been married 10 years and (laughs) ella's like and i'm nine (laughs) So it's crazy because I feel like her life specifically is like a marker of the age of our marriage almost. And very much so. She's really big. She's (laughs) been around either in tiny baby bean form or in person form since we got married minus like six weeks. So yeah, minus six weeks. So it's crazy. So we've been together a long time. I definitely don't feel like we have everything figured out, but 
I want to chat kind of marriage advice type things today. And it's funny because Chaz and I loved the show Newsroom. And who, what's that guy's name? Jeff Daniels. Yeah, Jeff Daniels. He's the guy from Dumb and Dumber, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in in the show, the guy says, Jeff Daniels says, I am on a mission to civilize. And it cracks us up because in our lives... I feel like I am always on this mission to civilize. Like my entire blog is like, guys, let me take all the research out of it for you. Let me tell you exactly what to do with your life. Mm -hmm. And so I always am trying to find like new, better ways to do things. And then I'm just a sharer. So I tell everybody, I'm like, have you got this sunscreen? Have you done this this way? And would you say you're the same? Yeah, pretty far to the other direction. I, if I can avoid being involved or inf- interfering in any way in anyone else's life, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, which is why I'm so glad you're on the podcast today. It's so counterintuitive to you. So yeah, if you listened to the podcast episode that we did together, you know we're opposite in every way. And I feel like I'm always trying to help people make their lives better and all these things. And especially, I love talking about relationships. And so in order to like pry this information out of you today, (laughs) I think that I'm going to tell the listeners it's marriage advice, but I'm going to tell you that we're just having a conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's going to (laughs) work. I'm going to be really surprised. (laughs) So here we go. I want to know what are some things, one thing or a few things that you feel like we do to feel relationally close to each other? I feel like we both do a good job of keeping up with each other's lives and knowing what's going on day to day and what's a struggle and what's a success and what we're, you know, excited about and looking forward to. And uh, it makes me so sad to see people who are married but seem to live entirely separate lives. I feel like that's got to be distance. And so I think that that's probably one of the things that we take for granted that we Mm. do pretty naturally. Yeah, I think that's true. And it's interesting. I feel like I want to give some specific advice. I totally agree with you. And I feel like we are constantly checking in. I feel like at the very least daily, we are checking in to see how each other is doing. And one of the ways we do this as a family is we do rosebud thorn at dinner. So rose is something good from the day, bud is something you're looking forward to. And thorn is something bad that happened that day. And so we're hearing that from our kids and from each other. And then additionally, I feel like two questions that we ask each other a lot that are really helpful to check in with each other is, is there anything that's making you anxious right now? That's a really great question. And I feel like we ask each other that often and you normally say nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be anxious to have an answer to that question. Yeah. And honestly, too, it's like, is there anything that's making you feel anxious or is there anything that's stressful in your life right now? Like what's causing you stress? And that sometimes will, you'll have more answers to that. Or what is, what's really been on your mind? What can you not get off your mind? So that's a really good question. We also ask each other a lot, what are you excited about right now? What is getting you fired up. What are you most excited about that you're doing in your life right now? And so that's a good way to check in 
If you feel distant from your partner, I would say, you know, start asking these really simple questions that are not just like, hey, just wanted to make sure you're doing okay. Or like, don't ask questions that are just yes or no, and then you can go on and live your life. Like, ask these open-ended questions that are more probing and can really get more towards the heart of the matter and connect you more on a relational level. I want to chat about something that's interesting. So when we got married, we were, I was 22 and you were freshly 24? Yeah. Yeah. In June of 2012. And we were so, so young But we thought that we were really, we thought like this is the perfect time. Like we're really old and and mature. Like we thought like, why is everyone freaking out? Not that people were really freaking out. So in the South, a lot of times people will get married pretty young. And so it was like Chaz had already had friends who had gotten married. I was pretty much the first of my friends to get married. No, I was the first of my friends to get married. And we just got married really young and we met even younger. I think I was 20. 20. Yeah. 19. 19. I was 19. So I was a teenager when we met and we really grew up together. Like 100%. We became adults basically together. And so I just think that's a really interesting concept. And I do think that it's really different than other relationships because now that I have friends who are single or dating, it's a lot harder to have a fully developed 32-year-old life and then join that life with someone else who has a fully developed, however old, life. It's hard to like really mesh those lives together. So... Do you have any thoughts about how we really had to grow up together? And do you think that that was beneficial for our relationship, helpful for us? Do you see any negatives to that? I'm just curious your thoughts about us growing up together. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think even people who get married can develop a little differently in a lot of ways and have different personalities and characteristics and things that don't mend well together, even if they were married at a young age or whatever. I think we were forced to grow up together in a lot of ways because we ended up getting pregnant a lot sooner than we had anticipated. Mm -hmm. So we had to do that together. We didn't have, we didn't feel like we had much of an option at the time. We didn't have an option. We had to like mature really, really, really fast. Not that I would recommend 23 (laughs) and 25 year olds to have a baby if they're, uh, have less than $25,000 a year of income. It was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. We were really poor. Yeah, but uh, we had to make a lot of sacrifices together. So I don't think either of us ever felt like we had a personal time that we had to sacrifice when we had kids or anything like that. It it was just like, put your big boy, big girl pants on and make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah, we definitely had to just make it happen. Yeah, the thing that I think that it taught me was... We really got to decide together what was important to us and our priorities and how we were going to spend our time and our money. It wasn't something that was pre-established 
And then we came together. It was every single thing that we did, we were learning for the first time together. And I do think, looking back, it's like we were so young. We were crazy. Now thinking of Ella getting married at 22 stresses me out. And having a baby at 23, I'm like, oh my gosh. But I do think that the benefits were we really had to grow up together and learn all of these things about adulting and parenting and being in marriage together for the first time. And I'm sure that that can either really bring you together or probably really divide you. And so I think that we very quickly just I don't know we just knew that we had to stay together and figure it out and I think that in the end it was probably pretty helpful next I want to talk about kind of work balance when you have two working parents we have both been working in some capacity our entire 10 years together And we've been working parents (laughs) those 10 years and almost entirely those 10 years. So one thing I want to talk about is really just division of uh, things that you do in the home, but also division and supporting each other kind of in different phases of our careers and your schooling and all of that, I feel like you are pretty blindly supportive of me in most of the things that I want to do. Like you do pump the brakes some and I have like... Somebody's got to. Yeah, somebody's got to. It's not me. I'm like the gas, you're the brakes. And I feel like you are so, so supportive. Where do you feel like that comes from? I would say I've always been supportive. It's been easy to be supportive because the work you've chosen to do has fit really well with our different stages of life and being able to be mobile, moving a bunch, and still being able to work and do the things you want to do and pursue the things you want to do while we're unfortunately having to move all over the place for my education and career and all that kind of stuff. So I maybe it's been a little bit easier because the things you've chosen to do have fit really well in with mm-hmm. our family dynamic and everything going on at the time. I think early on it was a focus on maybe more financially beneficial things, even if it was just short term and even if it was stuff that wasn't very fun. And you've been able to mold that into being able to have income while doing things that you also really love to do. So that's just been a natural progression for you. It's been easy for me to support because you've been having so much fun doing it. And I think certainly I've always said, no matter what you end up doing, I just want you to be passionate about something. You're definitely passionate (laughs) about what you do and and civilizing everybody you can put your hands on (laughs) or make listen to you for the brevity of a podcast. Mm -hmm. But I think just seeing you light up and and be excited about what you're doing makes it easy to support you. Mm, That's sweet. I feel like another aspect of this is really being able to support each other when our careers are like more intense. And I think back to Chaz went to med school and 
when we got married, he had done like the first two years of med school, which are more book school, book focused learning. And then we got married and then we moved to Savannah, Georgia. And he did the last two years of med school, which are more clinical rotations focused. So he's going around to different rotations and doing all of that. Those two years were a little more I mean, it changed every month-ish, but, you know, mostly more laid back, especially his fourth year. Then he went to residency in his first year. We were in Augusta, Georgia, and, I mean, it was insanity. Like, looking back, it's, like, crazy that we weren't more stressed out about it, or I don't know. It was just a crazy time. He had one year in Augusta. And so it was so crazy for me because I knew for a fact that we were only going to be there for a year, then we'd be in Atlanta for three. So you'd meet people and be like, hi, I'm Caroline. I'm moving in nine months. Don't get to know me. There's no point. (laughs) I'm leaving, you know? So the community aspect, we still have some good friends from that period of time, but it, it was really hard from a community aspect. And then Chaz was working pretty much six to seven day weeks. And if he got a day off, it was like, a random Tuesday. Next week, it was a Thursday. So you were just working so, so much. And so we've had different phases of our relationship where you're working a lot and then I'm taking on kind of more of both like the home tasks and our family, keeping the family going and all those things. And then we've had definitely had times where I was working more during the pandemic. There was a period of time where Procedures were banned. You were at home. You were homeschooling the kids. I was writing the cookbook, testing recipes, working like crazy. So we've definitely gone back and forth. What would you say in terms of what's important in kind of that give and take? It was always important for me, for you to feel appreciated and for you to feel like your career and and your work was being prioritized as well. I never, I mean, med school was a big commitment and you know, <laughs> I had to bust my butt for that, but you were also working really hard just to like keep our home life afloat because I wasn't really able to do it then. And so my intention was always to make sure that we were able to allow you to take your career as far as you wanted it to go in your business or whatever that may be and try to support you along the way. And so when I have the opportunity to back off a little bit from my work and support the kids more, whatever it may need to be done, I try to do it. And even when I'm working hard, I still feel like I do quite a bit around the house to try to make sure it's not on your shoulders. I guess just trying to be reasonable with the fact that if I've got the time to help, I, I like to be able to help. I didn't have that ability when I was a kid because my mom worked full time and she worked an hour to an hour and a half away. And so the fact that I can sometimes come home in the middle of the day and do something, help the kids or whatever it may be, go to an event at school, I try to take advantage of it because I feel like it's maybe I cherish it a little bit more than Mm. someone who didn't have the same experience I did when I was a kid. Yeah, Mm, that's so true. Well, you... I feel like are so great in so many ways. One of the things that is different is I feel like we don't always follow traditional gender roles. 
<laughs> and I was telling a friend this once, and I'm like, Chaz is a physician, and he like makes great income, and he works all the time, but then he also does all of this home stuff, and, and my friend was like, so he's the husband and the wife? I'm like, yeah, he's so great, which I know I do help a lot, but I feel like you're great because I do have friends who are like, my husband won't get off the couch. He won't do anything. He won't help, blah, blah, blah. And that's like a typical complaint. I do feel like you, you probably do more than I do with the house. You're so good. You're the clean boo. We watched uh, Masters of None with Aziz Ansari. And at one point he's like, you're the dirty boo. I'm the clean boo. And so we say that too. Like Chaz is the clean boo. I'm the dirty boo for sure. Where does that come from? And can we help other husbands be like you? (laughs) Some of it's probably just neuroticism and some (laughs) mild form of OCD where I feel like things have got to be picked up and put away. So it's probably not all a healthy thing, but you know, <laughs> works out. try to try to use it in healthy ways, I guess. So no, I don't know if you can just make other people want to care about stuff like that. I think it's just totally dependent on person to person. I just happen to like things put away. So I've I'm definitely gotten a lot better. Yeah. Like we joke because when we first started dating, I was living in a sorority house, so he couldn't see my personal space. He wasn't allowed up into our room. Best thing that could have happened. Yeah, it was honestly, I don't think that had we, if we were not already together, he would have just been like opt out had he seen my room. It took about a year for me to see what it could be, what it probably was. And then junior year, so basically we had been dating a year at this point and we knew we were getting married. It's embarrassing to admit, but you couldn't see my floor usually find a place to put my foot so that I could walk from one end of the room to the other if needed. Usually. <laughs> Sometimes I had to walk on top of stuff. And and stuff was all over the floor. And I remember I would sleep in my clothes. Like I would crash. Like I would be so tired that I would just sleep in my clothes. So I've changed a lot. It's definitely not that bad anymore. So I feel like there's hope for people. Like you're so clean that it motivates me to be clean. And then also, I will say, like, now that, like, we were talking the other night because we've gotten into a really great routine where we eat dinner. The kids have these little routines that they do on their iPads so they get ready for bed on their own. And then I go up and finalize, make sure they did everything. I brush their teeth because they're apparently terrible at it on their own. So we're doing, I'm brushing their teeth at night. But for the most part, they're doing their bedtime routine by themselves. And while we do that, I made the dinner, so Chaz is, like, cleaning up and, like, putting stuff in the dishwasher, cleaning counters, vacuuming, doing basic nighttime cleaning stuff. And I was, like, helping him the other night, and I was thinking, we did not used to always do this, like, at all. And now that we can kind of, like, put everything back to ground zero every single night, it's just really lovely. And I'm like, our kitchen's so beautiful. (laughs) I really enjoy that we do that. And... I will say, I think that having not little babies who are breastfeeding and wanting to be held all the time and you're rocking them and you're putting them to bed, it's just so much more involved that I feel like we've gotten to a really great place. Our kids are nine and six, almost seven, and they are so independent now that we like have this time that we never thought we would have to like actually pick up after dinner. Novelty. Novelty. So if you're in the like little littles phase, know that it gets easier. 
to like clean things up and they can help you, which is really lovely. Yeah, it's certainly nice to wake up to a house that doesn't feel like it's still a disaster zone from the day before. Sure. And I remember in the thick of it with Littles, I, I just remember thinking, and this is a terrible thought, but this is going to get dirty again tomorrow. Like, why would I clean this up? And I do think that you're either in a state of like perpetual untidiness and everything's dirty. Like it's either just like perpetually dirty or perpetually clean, you know? And so it's kind of nice that we've finally gotten into like a, I wouldn't say perpetually clean. Like it's not always clean. It's not always tidy, but we've started to find some habits that work for the kids picking up their stuff at night and us cleaning up the kitchen at night. So anyway, I'm very thankful that you do most of the house stuff and are also gracious for my lack of, for my being the dirty bin. Well, selfishly, it's it's also my like introverted time for the day where I get to listen to my podcast while I clean and do something Mm -hmm. monotonous, which you hate to do. Yeah. Monotony is maybe the word that describes me least. That would be your version of hell. Would be my version of hell is doing something I don't want to do. Staining boards. Yeah, Chaz is building me these beautiful garden boxes because I went to this regenerative agriculture conference and came back and was like, I either need a farm, like I need to move to a farm, or I need garden boxes. And he's like, Okay, it's much much cheaper to build garden boxes. Much cheaper to build. I mean, yeah, they're not cheap, but much cheaper to build garden boxes. So he's been building the garden boxes and I've been staining them. And yeah, I told him, I'm like, this is like the epitome of doing something boring over and over. That is not my personality. I have a really hard time. I mean, no one, the funny thing is, I was going to say no one likes that, but you actually. (laughs) I do to a degree. Yeah. You're able to like zone out, do Mm -hmm. something monotonous, zone out, have your alone time. And that is not. Yeah. That's recharging for me for sure. Yeah. That's not not fun necessarily, but it does recharge me mentally. Yeah. Which, yeah, it doesn't recharge me mentally. Okay. I want to chat about our habits. I feel like we're both pretty good with the things that are important to us, turning them into habits. And we're really committed to the things that are important to us and our habits. So I want to know, what do you feel like are the habits that we do that are most impactful to our lives either stuff we do together or even just individually like habits that we have that impact our lives the most first thing that comes to mind is i think we're both morning people yeah and honestly the only way to get up in the morning is to go to bed early at night so we both mm. are good about going to bed pretty early <laughs> like so... 30 9 o'clock embarrassingly early yeah uh, for most people, but that also means we're getting up at 5, 5.30 yeah. and starting into our day. And that's like, I woke up at 7.15 on Monday and I felt like the whole day just slipped away from me. Yeah, I it's, agree. It's kind of crazy how that hour, hour and a half difference makes just the biggest difference in the rest of my day. It really does. And I think one of the reasons that that is so helpful is because we're getting up a lot sooner than our kids are. And so we just have this time. We both read our Bibles and we'll pray and we'll do some silent solitude. And it makes such an impact. Talk about like filling, recharging. I I do feel like it's like filling up my cup 
before the day really begins. And the days when for some reason I'm not able to do that and I just like dive into work or or the kids wake up really early and so I'm, I missed it. It's just a completely different day. It's a completely different day. What else do you feel like? I feel like one thing that we do together, since this is about marriage, is post-pandemic, we've gotten pretty good about weekly date nights. Mm-hmm. And that is just the best. Also easier with older kids. Yeah, also easier with older kids. And we found... Well, And the funny thing is, too, like our kids are old enough that I think like technically, legally... We could leave them at home. But I'm like over here on an incognito browser Googling at what age can you leave your children in Colorado? I'm like, this is not the thing that you can openly search. Like I've watched enough true crime to know that like my butt's going to be sitting in jail if something happens to my kids and I Googled what age do you, they have to you be? You think that incognito browser is going <laughs> to stop the FBI from finding your search history? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so I'm definitely sitting in jail. Is that what you're telling me? You're going to jail, no question. (laughs) Directly to jail. Do not pass go. Uh Do not collect $200. So, my incognito browser means nothing, Chad tells me. But they're technically old enough, but we just, we're not there. And Colorado Tech, it actually has no age. There's like no age. Are there states with ages? I don't know that there is generally a, a standalone age, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look it up. But we just hire a sweet little fifth grader. She walks to us. It's so sweet. Our kids love her. She loves our kids. It's the best. And so we've really tried to establish a a set date night that we do most weeks. And we'll go out to a restaurant or we will... We've recently been doing more like we'll pack a lunch or a dinner and do a picnic. And when the weather is nice, we'll do a picnic. And then we really try to use that time to intentionally check in. Where are you? How are you? How are we doing? Is there anything we need to talk about? And I, I think that does wonders. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. We also, one of my favorite habits we've had in the past that we've gotten out of is uh, Sabbath. Yeah. And taking one day a week and just putting all the phones away, all the devices away. Maybe we'll still do like a family movie or something like that, but just intentionally spending time together, technology free for the most part, playing board games. Why did we stop that? Who knows? Life. (laughs) Yeah, so we need to get back to that. We did it for a long time because we were doing, I've mentioned it many a time on the podcast, but we were doing the John Mark Comer Practicing the Way. You can go to practicingtheway.org to participate. It's essentially spiritual formation study. And so we studied Sabbath for eight weeks and really, really did it. And yeah, it is, talk about life-giving, it is. I feel like it brings my stress entirely down to the ground so that when something happens, I'm not like freaking out and yelling and really stressed out. Like my base is just so much calmer. And yeah, I love Sabbath. We need to do that again. Yeah. And something related that we haven't done as well at times is 
putting phones away at night so that yeah. we, we don't just end up looking at our phones while sitting next to each other with a TV on, which is kind of a crazy concept from it's the outside so looking in. crazy. Yeah. I will say, I feel like one of our habits is we really do not watch TV. We've, re- we've recently had like one show we watch once a week. Right. So when you consider that, I think the last stat I heard was Americans watch an average of six hours of TV a day. And I think that's a combination of you come back from work and you turn it on. And also, it's just on all the time. So you're maybe not necessarily actively watching six hours of TV a day, but I definitely know a lot of people just keep it on. So we really do not. Like, we will pretty much choose one show, if that, and we'll watch it maybe once a week. And I feel like... That really helps us, like, use our time more wisely and in a way that makes us actually feel more connected instead of just watching something together. And also, I mean, I feel like most of our forms of entertainment are not necessarily, like, in taking something. We'll all go hiking together or go to dinner together. And so it's really, I think the things that we do for fun are just more relationally focused, which I've never consciously thought about before. And going to bed early. You don't sit around and get bored. I'm not looking for something to do at 10 at night because I'm looking at the back of my eyelids. Yeah, I guess we're asleep. Yeah, you guys, we go to bed so early, and we kind of really almost always have. Like, from the very beginning, your first rotation was surgery, and I was basically pregnant. <laughs> I would come home from work, my only big girl job in my whole life that I had for six months. And I would come home for work and I would fall asleep. We would like make dinner. I would fall asleep at seven. <laughs> I mean, cooking a human, it'll take it out of you, you know? <laughs> so I would go to bed at seven. He had to get up and be at the hospital at like three or four. I mean, it was crazy. And so we've been... We've gone to bed really early forever, and my friends know. So my friends will joke with me. Like, I'll be in a group text, and people will be like, oh, it's 7.45. Caroline's off (laughs) till tomorrow. And I have to consciously remember not to text people at, like, 6, 6.30 after we've done our quiet times and stuff. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to text all these people. I'm like, it's pretty early still. Mm -hmm. So going to bed is great. Yeah, Sabbath has been really life-giving for us. I also feel like we both really encourage each other to work out. I feel like we'll kind of be cyclical about like, we're working out four or five days a week. And then if we don't, I feel like you're pretty good about being like, remember how great you feel when you work out? (laughs) It's a very fine line to walk. But you do a great job. And, and I'm like, yeah, that's true. I do I do like working out. And, and we'll like work out together because we have like a little workout room. And so we'll do it at the same time, which is really great. And I think that's a beneficial habit that we help each other with. We mentioned on the last podcast together, but I think one of the biggest things, I think if I had to say the biggest thing in our relationship that I love the most is that we really do not go to bed angry. And also, we do not hold on to things, like literally at all, in any way (laughs) that I can think of. We pretty much, I pretty much always know that we are at peace, we are okay. That is the assumption. Like, the assumption is that we are okay unless one of us brings something up. And so, it's just this really peaceful, calm 
feeling to always know that we're fine. And we're not going to bring something up a year later. I can't believe you did that. I've been festering on it. We just don't fester. No, no smoldering anger or resentment. No. And that was really a conscious choice. I remember at the very beginning of our relationship, something happened where I did fester and I had misunderstood something and I was really mad all weekend and punishing him by like lack of connection kind of, you know, like I was mad and angry and standoffish and stuff. And when we finally figured out what was going on, Chaz was basically like a hard pass. Like we cannot do this. Let's have a 24-hour rule, I remember you saying. Like, you have 24 hours to bring something up or you can never bring it up again. And it wasn't, like, legalistic and weird. We really actually could bring something up, but that was our mindset. We, we like, put those ground rules down, that, that boundary down that we only have 24 hours to bring something up. And when you're functioning out of that mindset, you really don't hold on to things. You don't hold grudges. And also, too, I have brought, you know, that mentality into my other relationships. I really do not like for something to be unresolved. I really do not like for something to feel like it needs a conversation, whether that's like a confrontation or just like, hey, let's air this out. Let's talk about this. I've really brought that into my other relationships. And so I like to function knowing that everything's okay And that the person can always come to me if it's not. And I think that's just like a healthy way to operate. It's really benefited us. Is there any other not marriage advice? Because you're not here to civilize. No, I'm not giving anybody (laughs) advice. You do your own thing. Tell me how it goes if you want. (laughs) Or please don't. Or don't. (laughs) Actually don't. Anything else you wanted to talk to me personally about? (laughs) <laughs> about yeah, so 10 years of <laughs> now with the podcast on we're this gonna is have, the this time this is the time this is it it's air it all out all that dirty laundry <laughs> yeah that stuff that you actually have secretly been holding on right. to right i've been waiting years. for this moment, moment. <laughs> this is the one this is it <laughs> now i think we work really well together and so we're lucky in a lot of ways that we just have personalities that mesh well and and our relationship even before marriage was generally always easy I know, Um, I feel bad saying that. Yeah, it always has been, and we've been lucky in that way, and I know that's not the case for everybody, but if I've got a friend or you've got a friend that say that they're in a relationship that's not easy, and they're talking about getting married, that's always like a red flag. It's not easy before marriage. It's certainly not going to be easy after, (sighs) and it's certainly not going to be any easier with kids or anything like that. So yeah. I think that's not marriage advice, but just general relational advice. Yeah, and just encouragement that it can be easy. So this is less advice for people who are married, because if you already are married and it's hard, then that's, you know, it's hard to come back from that, and you obviously can work through it. If you are dating someone, I definitely would encourage you to seek someone that it feels so easy. Like your relationship can feel like a flat road, even like a downhill. Like this is like pretty easy to do together. If it's feeling like an uphill battle daily, if you feel like you're fighting a lot or you need like pre-engagement counseling, I I feel like that is probably a red flag. Yeah. And- 
Two other things I would say that aren't advice because I don't advise anybody. Yeah. We don't ever say, we've never said the D word, divorce. <laughs> yeah, let's clarify. That's, that's not, uh, that's not <laughs> like in our vocabulary. That's no. never a threat. That's, no. I, I grew up in a home where that happened more than once and it was really sad. And, and so I don't, that's not ever an option in my mind. Or, and that's, and we know, also talked about situations that. different, but that's, yeah. that's just not, yeah, that's something we talked about early on. I know, right? Anytime that I say, I have two things. It's like I, I'm one hundred percent sure dead. that the second thing will not come around. And the second thing I would say is generally just assuming the best. Yes, has always been really beneficial. So you taught me this. In general, if you do something and my initial reaction is negative towards it, I try to stop and think from her perspective. I know she loves me, and I know she cares about me. She did this thing and it didn't turn out maybe the way she was planning on it. It is maybe it ended up being a negative thing, but what was the intention? What was the purpose and the point? And how can I potentially be more forgiving and easier to get along with if I just assume the best from the get-go? Yeah, and that is not something that I did when we met, but I do it now. And I think it's because you taught me, like, you, because you always were like, why would that be, what, in what universe did I just want to, like, maliciously X, Y, Z, right? Mm -hmm. And so I really had to believe the best in you, and, and we do. We really give each other the benefit of the doubt. We pretty much aren't maliciously doing stuff to each other, like, pretty much ever, you know? And so... And so we believe the best in each other. And that's another thing that I feel like I learned from you and I take into my other relationships. Good. You're just the I'd best. I never advised you to do that. Yeah, you just taught me <laughs> through example. Oh, man. Well, thank you, Chaz, for being on the show again. Like, maybe this will be the last time. This maybe not. This is two times more than I ever thought I would be on in the first place. So <laughs> there you go. Crazy. Okay, so maybe this is it. This is it, guys. Don't the expect next, him to come back. The next back. time I come on, I think I'm interviewing you about stuff. We oh, gotta, I got to put you in the spotlight because okay. you put everybody else in the spotlight. Okay. We'll do it. We'll get Chaz to interview me. Chaz, happy 10-year anniversary. Happy 10-year anniversary. I can't believe we did it. We did it. That was loud. That was loud. We did it. Happy 10-year anniversary. Thanks for being on the show. Guys, be sure to tune in next week. We'll have a new show for you. Thanks for joining, and I'll see you next week.